Thanks for listening, Unplugged Army. I'm Louis Unga, General Manager at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. We're proud to present Doug Franz Unplugged. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. Four minutes. Four minute offense. Four minute offense. To know in sports that affects Maricopa County, the state of Arizona, and the world, you get in four minutes. We start things off in Tempe, Arizona. The long ramp up appears to be over. Kyler's going to continue to ramp up. He'll take the one reps, and if the week goes well, he will start on Sunday. Um, so, please, where is that right now? We'll see how the week goes. Coming up this morning at 7 o'clock, Bobby Mack of the Arizona Republic will join us to talk about this breaking news. Cardinals are at home this weekend. They take on the Falcons, kickoff at 2 o'clock. Major announcement yesterday for the Arizona Rattlers. They are leaving Phoenix, Arizona. Owner, Ron Schertz. Have a, a major announcement to make about the team and what uh, Rattler Nation can expect for the upcoming 2024 season. You know, we do, and we're excited about it. So we're, we're getting ready to move to Glendale to uh, Desert Diamond Arena um, in Westgate, and uh, we're excited about it and make the change. And it's going to be a great place for us. Our fans love it out there. Just a note, as a West Sider, never say out there because we're not out there. We live there. Ah, ah, ah. Oh wait, my bad. That was I, I actually pointed, which kind of screwed Jeff Weir production. Two other big announcements for the Rattlers. They traded Drew Powell to Tucson for quarterback Ramon Atkins, who was once the former rookie of the year, and he's gonna battle with the IFL championship quarterback, Dalton Sneed, who was signed away from Bay Area. Now to the Diamondbacks. Oh, look at that. Well done, Jeff Weir Production. It's Tori Lovello. He agreed to a contract extension good through 2026. And MLB has awarded finalist categories to Corbin Carroll for Rookie of the Year and Zach Gallen for Cy Young. Huge holes with injuries and defections across the offensive line. That's not good for Arizona State. And now Kenny Dillingham, what's that O-line going to go up against? I think this is the best defensive front I've faced in two years. Uh, in my opinion, I think going back the last two years, I think from a talent perspective, this front, this front seven, could be the most, the most talented, the most disruptive. Well, that game's coming up Saturday night. ASU at the Rose Bowl kickoff Saturday at seven. Two pieces of U of A news, basketball, a 122-59 winner over Morgan State. The turnover battle, you ready for this? U of A won a 25-7. Kylan Boswell at 18 points on 7 of 10 shooting. They take on Duke in North Carolina Friday at 5 o'clock. Football news, they go to Boulder this weekend. Jet Fish, what do you think of Colorado? So they're a good football team, and I think that they uh, have a lot of potent weapons that uh, can cause us a ton of challenges. Kickoff is one of their few early games, Saturday at noon. Coyotes on a little bit of a slide. They're at home tonight. They take on the Kraken at 7 o'clock. Monday night football last night. The Chargers beat the Jets 27-6. The Chargers hardly get any yards rushing or passing because the Jets kept turning it over. Chargers won the turnover battle 3-0. And finally, meet Ruba Almagetha. 
She's a 34-year-old woman from Indiana. She says she couldn't take what's happening in Israel. So she drove her car into the Israelite School of Universal Practical Knowledge. There's just one catch, Ruba. That school agrees with you. That school is an anti-Semitic school raising children to hate Jews in a vastly crazy religious sect. So you basically drove your car into a school that agrees with you. Luckily, no one was hurt. Goodbye, Ruba. Jackpot Unplugged Army, I feel like a true commander-in-chief to be able to give you such an unprecedented savings. Go to Unplugged at Whirlwind.com and check out the new membership club from Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Whirlwind Plus. Here's what you get. You sign up for a tee time anytime between now and five days from now, and you can save anywhere from a minimum of 30% up to 60% off plus 15% off at Civlik, the restaurant, and another 15% off in the pro shop. I'm telling you, you walk into the pro shop, get bowls, a shirt, and a hat, you walk over for happy hour with your wife, you might pay for your monthly membership right then and there. It's $34 a month, cancel anytime, or if you want to save even more, because that equals out to a little more than $400, you can get it for only $299 a year. Whirlwind Plus at Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Go to unpluggedatwhirlwind.com and feel the wind. If you go to Bell's Nashville Kitchen for the food, you're going to be shocked what a great bar it is. And if you go to Bell's Nashville Kitchen because you want to experience a great country bar, you're going to be shocked at how great the food is. And if you want something different to do this weekend, on Sunday, head out to Bell's Nashville Kitchen, Main Street, Old Town Scottsdale, and they got the car show in which they actually... Shut down the street a little bit. Cars that are pre-1990, plus they've got pastries and they've got coffee. And you can walk in later for the honky-tonk brunch and have a great meal at Bell's National Kitchen. You found home. Down home. I am in an absolutely fantastic mood today. Had a great conversation last night with Saturday's special guest and the incredible interview that's about to hit you as a member of the Unplugged Army. And I got a call from another source about another situation. It's just all coming together, Pepper. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Whenever it is that you've decided to make Doug Franz Unplugged a part of your day, my family greatly appreciates it. My name is Doug Franz, and you have found the only podcast and TV show in the world totally devoted to the coverage of the four major sports franchises of one great American city that drops on your phone and television every weekday morning. We also cover ASU, U of A, GCU, the Rattlers, the Rising, and the Burton. That was a little close. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Uh, jacked up, back-to-back days of guests. Uh, today, uh, we're going to have Bobby Mack, Arizona Republic, number one beat reporter in the history of the world. And uh, and he was there to cover the history of the world, to be quite honest. So we're excited to have Bobby Mack today. However, uh, make sure you pay it very close attention. This is this might be worth it to you to watch. If you're a, an audio-only po- uh, listener, first of all, thank you, especially if you've been with me since the beginning. But today might be a day to check out WTSMTV.com. And if you're not watching live today at 7 o'clock, then watch on demand. And the reason why I say that is I'm supposed to send Bobby Mack a text at 645. 
to wake him up for the 7 o'clock interview. So Bobby Mack could be looking and feeling his best. So we may catch him beer in hand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would, I would be. Yeah, who knows if he went to bed yet? So <laughs> I, I, I would love for you to be able to enjoy Bobby Mack in all of the natural setting of his own home. So uh, uh, make sure you're paying attention to that today at seven o'clock, and then tomorrow. Um, actually, tomorrow I'm. Uh, it's a recorded interview for Thursday. Uh, But Bobby Dooley is the general manager of the Phoenix Rising, and he's going to join us. So recorded Wednesday, but he's going to join us on Thursday. Really excited to talk to him. Been a friend for a long time, and I'm just so happy for uh, what they've been able to accomplish this year. If you didn't know, Rising upset the three seed, the two seed, and the one seed to become Western Conference champions in the USL Championship League. That's the league right under MLS. So if you think of Major League Baseball and then AAA, that's what the, the rising are. Is they're the AAA uh, right underneath the, uh, the MLS. So this is kind of exciting to go to the championship game. They're headed to Charleston in which they play on Sunday night. So rooting for them, and I wanted to show them support and have him on. So I'm glad to, uh, glad to talk to him. Yeah, great conversation uh, yesterday that I was able to have with uh, my guest for Saturday. And it was funny. He said, oh, one last thing. I, I was listening to your podcast, and I, I think your listeners are going to be let down if you keep building me up. You know, they don't know me. They don't, they don't care about me. I listen, no, 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 no. They might not know who you are, but once they know what you know, Oh, oh yeah. They'll be they'll be all over it and excited to be a part of it. So uh so don't you worry at all. Don't you worry. This is this is going to be big. So I'm excited uh very very excited to have him on coming up on Saturday. And then again, all of next week cut up excerpts of different topics because this might be an hour long conversation. So different topics will be cut up and then used on Doug Franz Unplugged, but the entirety will be a special show here on WTSMTV.com. I don't know what we'll call it. Maybe Doug Franz Unplugged Extended. You know, I, I don't know. I don't know what we'll do. But I'd love for you to, uh, to be a part of the, uh, all of those shows coming up uh, next week. So, uh, Gosh, I, nothing else thrilling happened yesterday. My uh, the youngest intern McKenna had a had a concert. I felt bad. I I should have went. I didn't go to the concert last night. Jennifer and uh, our oldest daughter Vienna, she they went to the concert last night, and uh, and I should have. And I I feel bad now that I think about it. Um, but I was anticipating being so busy in preparation for the interview on Saturday. So I was doing a lot of work on it. But then in talking to uh, the guest, uh, we really got a lot of things squared away. And I'm starting to feel a little more and more prepared. So now I feel really bad because this week was going to be the week of death, I assumed. And as of right now, I'm really caught up. And the only thing I have to watch tonight is um the coyotes so with with all of this stress i've been under and now all of a sudden everything's lifted i almost feel like golfing today there's just one catch if jennifer knows that i golfed when i said i was too busy and i I thought i was but i was too busy to go to my own kids concert and then to turn around and golf the next day that that's not a good look that's not a good look This is a deep moral dilemma. You don't understand. I haven't golfed in like a month. Uh-huh. 
it's like I, it it courses through my veins because I, I I I'm terrible too. That's what'll make you laugh if you ever golf with me. I'm terrible, and yet I just absolutely love uh, to golf. So I haven't decided. Uh, I'm probably not going to. <laughs> I just I don't want to get caught. <laughs> I would never lie to Jennifer ever, but. There, there would be like the removal of evidence where you put you put the golf clothes at the bottom of the laundry basket so they're not sitting on top. You quickly get a shower before she gets home. You know, and they're like, "Oh, hey, how are you? Oh, good, good." Did you? And the question is, is she going to ask, "Did you get on the bike or did you work out?" If she says, "Did you work out?" I'll say, "Yeah, yeah, I did." You know, driving in a golf cart and lifting up beer like that—that's work. So then the answer is yes, I did work out. And then she'll go, oh, and then she'll understand why I, you know, took another shower. Problem is if she asks, did you get on the bike? Then I have to say, no, no, I didn't. Oh, well, then why did you take a shower? Uh, that was. Anyway, uh, anything going on in your life, Jeff Weir Production? Oh, same old, same old. Really? Yeah. We need to, we need to see your adventurous side. Okay. <laughs> uh, Jeff Weir Production, when you first go to bed, Mm-hmm. On your stomach, on your side, or on your back? I go to sleep on my back because okay. I always end up on my stomach. Oh, no, that's okay. Well, let's see. Well, then now I, now I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to say to you. And the reason why I say I don't know what to say to you is there's an exhaustive sleep study that I almost use for Anne finally that describes your entire personality based on how you sleep. Really? Yeah, yeah. I'd like to know that. But if you're if you're a flip flopper, then it di- it doesn't it didn't have that, which I didn't understand about the the sleep study. Like if you're going to do a sleep study, not most people don't stay in the same position all night. So now I I don't understand this for the uh, for the first I would say 15 years of my adult life I have always slept on my back, and then the last 15 years I don't know why I sleep on my stomach first. But I end up on my side. So I don't know what that means to the sleep study. Well, I wish I didn't sleep on my stomach because it gives me back pain when I wake up in the morning. You're too little to have back pain. Oh, gosh. No. You weigh like a buck 40. You drive to work in a car seat. I, it must be my my the, my pillow, the way I, I don't know why, but I just wake up and my back hurts. Oh, my gosh. But I, I get up and I, I go to the bathroom and brush my teeth and I'm fine. You brush your teeth and your back's fine. Yes. Well, it takes that amount of time for my back to stop hurting. I, I mean, I could go to the bathroom. I could walk to the hallway, whatever. That amount of time to brush my teeth and my back's not hurting anymore. Before I tell you this, I really like you. Just want you to know that. You're a good dude. But you're one of the top five strangest people I've ever met. You don't even know the half of it. I know. Well, yes, I, I know enough after you told me that you clip your eyebrows or eyelashes. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. Yeah. So you're an eyelash clipping, tooth, uh, teeth brushing that saves your back flip flopper. Yep. Yeah. Uh, all right. That's fine. And so much more. <laughs> we'll keep that quiet. <laughs> Let's roll. Doug's big one. You'll never guess in a million years what Doug's big one is. But something happened yesterday, and I admit in a sport I don't pay a bit of attention to. But it bothers me like crazy when stuff like this happens. 
LSU women's basketball got trounced. They're the number one team in the country. First game of the year. Good win for the Pac-12, even though it only counts for three months before the Pac-12 doesn't exist. Where Colorado upset LSU. Okay. You know, great. Crap happens. Whatever. I didn't watch the game. I don't know anything about the game. And I don't need to know anything about the game. But there's one thing that I noticed that I could not believe. After the game in which Angel Reese did great, 15 points, 12 boards. LSU's head coach and a player met with the media for the press conference. And it wasn't Angel Reese. And this is something, I don't care whether it's male sports or female sports, it has always driven me crazy whenever the mouthiest person on a team, as soon as things don't go their way, they're not heard from. They're not heard from. That makes, listen, if you want to talk when things are going well, then show your leadership skills and talk when things didn't go well. That will always drive me nuts, irrelevant of gender. Now, this is why it specifically drives me nuts when it comes to women's basketball. There's a great expose that was written recently in the Washington Post about how backwards the WNBA is. That as soon as a writer is critical of a women's basketball team, of a WNBA team, in explaining the things that they're not doing right, or in that writer's view, selfish basketball, they're actually pigeonholed as being anti-women's basketball. Now think about the stupidity of that for a second. If we treat, as members of the media, I'm speaking for all media, if we treat you like athletes and treat you as total equals to men, now we're part of the problem. Yet if we don't cover you, we're sexist. Someone explain that to me. Please. All of women's basketball, make this go viral and argue with me about that. I am asking you to explain. Why are the rules different to cover you? I would think in a world where we're trying to push for equality... You should be treated the exact same. That's what I wish for, is that the merits of your sport are judged only on the merits of your sport. And when we look at the unbelievable popularity that is starting to explode when it comes not only to women's sports, which I think is a great thing as a former girls soccer coach, but also specifically to women's basketball. This is not a renaissance. It's not coming back from the past. It's alive for the first time. God bless Cheryl Miller. God bless Ann Myers Drysdale. God bless the, uh, even back to Rebecca Lobo. God bless the legends of this sport. But this is the moment like no other moment in women's basketball. And in game one, we duck the press. that, That floors me. That nobody had the courage to go up and say, this is what leaders do. Plus, she's still a kid. I can't imagine, no matter how popular she's become, I I, I hope you never find out about how many mistakes I made in college, about the dumb things I did from an immaturity standpoint. And hopefully that's all this is. I hope that's all it is. But I look at it and say, this is what I see with adults at the WNBA level, where players on a losing championship team don't talk to the media because they don't want to talk about it. Hey, 
So men have to be tough and talk about it, but women don't. But at the same time, we're sexist if we say that. Which is it? Just tell me the rules so I know what the playing field is. Because right now it's hard for me to follow. And I'm asking you to explain. You actually get to choose. Are you equal or are you not? If you are, then start acting like it. I I didn't even know that was in there, to be quite honest. I just, I saw that and really lost my mind. Now, if you want to know my opinion on it, my opinion is, is very simple. Of course they're equal. It's 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 almost dehumanizing to think that female sports are less than male sports. Now, in no way do I say you owe it to them to watch. The women that try to guilt trip you into watching female sports, I think that's asinine. That means you're already claiming your sport is lesser quality. Your sport is less important, so the only way you can get me to go is to guilt trip me into it? I can tell you as a girl's soccer coach, I absolutely adore soccer. I love the game, and therefore, I don't care who's playing it. Sell me on the game. Sell me on the stars. Sell me on the pace. Sell me on the play. And I'm there. It's that simple. But when you try to guilt trip people into watching it, You've, you've lost, I think, a segment of the population. I don't want to speak for a lot of people. You've certainly lost me because I look at it as, and say, well, then why shouldn't I spend more time with a charity? Isn't that more important? Should I, should I not feel more guilty about not doing enough over here? If you think guilt trips work, then I'll just go hang out with my mother-in-law. You know, have a, have a great time feeling guilty about whatever it is she's frustrated with me about. But if it's... You're selling me a sport. Sell me the sport. And this is a situation where it happens far too often in women's sports that somehow it's the media's job to suck up to the athlete, to suck up to the coach, and have some kind of role in it. I I don't think so. I don't think so at all. I think we should cover the sport as it's merited. And right now, what are we all interested in in the media? Whether you want to admit it or not, the media's interested in making money. Okay? The media's interested in making money. It's really simple. If the Mercury sold out 18,000 people a game on an 82-game schedule, then we would be, people in the media would be there all the time, covering it every single second, just like we do the Suns. Now, the flip side of that argument, there's plenty of women that have argued if you just would cover it, it would get the exposure it needs, and then it would grow. You might be right on that, but you're still asking the media to be a charity. You're still saying, lose money on us now because it'll pay off later. There's not a lot of media companies like that because there's not a lot of companies like that. And I don't know about you. I know I can't afford it right now trying to pay for my daughter to go to college i don't have time to lose money in order for the hope that maybe around the time i retire good things will happen you sell your sport and over the course of the last i would say 24 months i think women's basketball has done a fantastic job of selling its sport as far as putting out clips highlights having great plays there's an i mean it was a great day for women's basketball yesterday and then i saw that that angel reese couldn't come out for a press conference that's 
That's exactly how you bury a sport. And that's a negative. Let's talk Cardinals. A major announcement yesterday, and I think this is something to spend an awful lot of time on today, and we'll also be joined by Bobby Mack of the Arizona Republic here in a little bit. If you could start rolling on the Jonathan Gannon sound, Jeff Weir production, I'd love it. And Jonathan Gannon just walked up, sat down, and, uh, and had an announcement in which he didn't in any way even take a question at the beginning, just knew everybody was interested in hearing this. Kyler's going to continue to ramp up. He'll take the one reps, and if the week goes well, he will start on Sunday. Um, so pleased where he's at right now. We'll see how the week goes. The media kept asking Jonathan Gannon over and over again, well, what do you need to see? I just need to see him do that. Well, what do you need? Well, how, how will you do? Well, I just need to blah, blah, blah. It's basically really simple. Kyler Murray is the starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals coming up on Sunday as long as he doesn't have a setback. That's what it is. And having said that, I like the way Jonathan Gannon handles this. I like it a lot. He just up front. Right now, he's taking the one reps. And if we like what we see, he's going to be the starter. And there's, there's really nothing more to it. Now, you, you can ask any way you want. But when you give a guy the number one reps, you're not giving Kyler Murray the number one reps. And then you're going to wait a week and see whether or not this has worked out. You've already seen Clayton Toon. And it was bad. Not all his fault, but it was bad. So there's no doubt if you have any chance of beating the Falcons and you need to play Clayton Toon, you better be giving him the one reps because it's just, he needs, he's the one that needs the most work. So you would never waste your time unless you believe as of now, really as of yesterday, Kyler Murray's ready to go. Once you have established we believe Kyler Murray's ready to go, that's why he gets the one reps. So it's not semantics. I, told, I don't even think he's playing games. I think this is 100% Jonathan Gannon's philosophy. Some guys are, I don't want to say pessimistic, because that's not the right word. Pessimistic means more, I don't believe this is going to work. Okay? Optimism is, I, I, I totally believe this is going to work. I admit, I don't know the word for, I, I guess... I don't even want to say it's called, it's called skepticism. It's just simply not looking ahead. That's all it is. Jonathan Gannon is the type of guy that says, I'm not going to think about, is Kyler Murray ready on Sunday? I'm going to look at it from the prism. If we had to play today, he could play. So therefore, let's get to Wednesday. And when we practice on Wednesday, if he does great, Soreness isn't there. Let's do it again on Thursday. And after he goes through a week, hey, we're ready to go on Friday. It's just simply I'm not looking ahead to Friday or to Sunday until we get to Sunday. And I I really respect that. A lot of people are going kind of going after him. He should do this. He should do this. No, I think Jonathan Gannon should do exactly what he's doing. Um, I loved this question and I loved this answer. Jonathan Gannon was asked, looking at the DJ Humphreys potential injury, looking at you've already got one backup in a guard, are you? and then you, you look at other positions where there's injuries like a Zach Hurts, are you worried that 
you shouldn't bring back Kyler and put him on first string when you don't have enough first string guys around him to be able to help. No, if he's out on the field, we feel healthy about we feel good about him being healthy enough to play. Um, every team in the NFL is banged up, and uh, we'll put the, our best foot forward and get the right pieces in there and uh, give ourselves a chance to win a game. The reason why I love that comment so much, I cannot underline enough. This is an opinionated statement, but I can guarantee you there are a lot of people that agree with me, and I would even say some former assistant coaches on the team that agree with me. When Cliff Kingsbury is your head coach, your football team is soft. That's it, okay? I want to declare this forevermore. Anybody that hires Cliff Kingsbury to be a head coach is an idiot. I'm sure that that's going to ruffle feathers. I'm sure that's rude. I'm sure I've lost whatever friendship I had with Cliff Kingsbury. But that's how I feel. I don't think you learn any life lessons. I don't think there's a deep-rooted connection between Cliff Kingsbury and other people. I'm sure if Patrick Mahomes was here, he would totally disagree with me to the point of being really upset and walking out. And I respect Patrick Mahomes greatly. I do. I think he's a great dude. So I realize how insulting that statement is. I'm not questioning the mind of Cliff Kingsbury. I think he's a pretty brilliant offensive-minded guy. But he needs a head coach above him. He doesn't lead people. He doesn't lead football, in my opinion. And you have a soft team. And Kyler Murray, through that whole time, was running rough shot. I think he was very immature. Not in like the immature way of going out doing stupid things and whatever. I just think there wasn't a real focus on this is what professional football is like under Cliff Kingsbury. With Jonathan Gannon, I think it's all about professional football. So even though it's a simple answer, really what he's saying is Kyler Murray has his job to do. His job is not to worry about how many first-string guys are injured. His job is to lead 10 other men into the end zone. Bill Parcells used to tell Phil Simms he had one job, get first downs. I I love that. As simplistic as you can possibly make the game of football, your only job is to get first downs. Now, yes, you need to be a good leader. Yes, all the things we think of for a quarterback are important in order to get that first down, but that's your job. Get first downs. And therefore, when you break it down, break down, break down, break down to that level, what you're doing is you're forcing Kyler Murray to accept it's not about everybody else. It's about you getting yourself ready, you being tough enough to play, and you going out there and doing your job. And we're not going to play, oh, no, Kyler might get hurt. We're not going to look at the O-line and say, oh, the O-line's banged up. Let's let Clayton Toon get beat up, and we'll play Kyler next week. I respect that greatly. Uh, Here's Jonathan Gannon when he's just asked the question, uh, look at Clayton Toon against Cleveland now that you watch the film, and what do you think? 
Yeah, I think that, you know, it's, it's a valuable learning experience for him, but we didn't do enough um, with the other guys in uniform to give us a chance to win the game. So that doesn't solely lie on Clayton. Um, this, like I said, I think it'll be a really good learning tool for him. He'll continue to progress. Um, look forward to his progress as we keep going during the season. Would it be him if it's not Kyler? Yeah. Great follow-up question. I, I don't know who asked it. It sounded like a, a man by the name of Tyler Drake who works for a station I'm not real familiar with. KMVP is what it's called. Um, I I like the follow-up a lot because it this reestablishes that Clayton Toon is the backup going into this game if anything happens to Kyler or if Kyler isn't ready at the end of the week if something happens and that was one of the millions of follow-ups in but I, I like this one because it was a different follow-up it wasn't what it wasn't so open-ended where Jonathan Gannon can just go away and and just throw crap up up against the wall it was for Kyler to show you that he's ready is it more mental of getting over the injury is it more mental as in knowing the playbook or is it more physical with him being able to use the knee, protect himself, get out of the pocket, and be Kyler? I think everything, Danny, honestly. You know, I just want to see him practice again and, um, you know, see how he progresses through the week, things like that. But, uh, you know, to get him all the reps with the ones, I think that's kind of the last step. And then playing in a game is another step in the process of coming back from a major injury, um, not playing football for a while. So um, it's not, you know, there we got to be um, willing to understand that it might not look like Kyler. You know, and um, and I think he's got a good expectation of that. The coaches have a good expectation of that. But I know this, he's going to come out there and, and play his game and help us win. So that is where we stand right now with the Arizona Cardinals and against the Falcons. And the Falcons embarrassed themselves last weekend in which it was – I don't want to say they were gift-wrapped to win, but schedule-wise, they were gift-wrapped to win. The Minnesota Vikings lost their starting quarterback, were starting a young quarterback, and traded for Joshua Dobbs to come in. Dobbs had had zero practice snaps. And then, there is a hilarious video to me. I think this is one of the funnier things I've ever seen in football, in which you've seen it a million times, I bet backup quarterbacks getting ready to go in or a backup center's getting ready to go in and then they take snaps from each other that way the center and quarterback i i've never done it i've listen god bless you you know whoever you are and, and however you live your life not that there's anything wrong with that i've never put my hands inside of another near another man's butt and so i don't know what it's like for that quarterback center dynamic but having said that I, I, I do laugh. Like everybody's like, "Oh, we're gonna practice our snaps together." Again, I don't know what I'm talking about when it comes to that. Well, on the sideline, it wasn't just practicing snaps. Joshua Dobbs had the entire offensive line gathered around the center, all looking at him, and he was barking out the cadence and taking snaps. So the offensive line, they've never even heard the quarterback call out signals before. So 
They're all looking at it. And it was almost like they're judging. Okay, how are you taking the snap from our boy, the center? It was almost like a group of guys trying to see, are they going to invite Joshua Dobbs into the club? And Dobbs is sitting there practicing snaps and calling out signals. So, And then the, the offensive line guys start nodding. Okay, we got your cadence. Okay, we're good. We're good. I thought that was hysterical. Well, the reason why I bring this up is guess who Minnesota beat? When Dobbs scored that touchdown with 20 seconds left, that was against the Falcons. Falcons embarrassed themselves. And whenever you have a team that just got embarrassed, they're not going to make that same mistake. And they're hyped up to play Kyler. So this is going to be a real interesting game. And I'm wondering how you, the fans, feel. I, I, I think there's going to be a lot of optimism in the building that this is the first time that, uh, that Kyler's back. So I'm interested in that. All right, coming up next. Since we're going to go back to Cardinals in about 20 minutes, let's do something award-winning, exciting that everybody loves. Jeff Weir Production, taking over the show. All you do is email me, Doug, at DougFranzUnplugged.com. Post something on Instagram, at UnpluggedDoug. Or look at Twitter. No, it's at UnpluggedDoug for Twitter. At DougFranzUnplugged for Instagram. I butchered that. Send me anything. I edit it up, throw it up to Jeff. Jeff reads what makes him laugh, and we got Town Hall Tuesday. That's next. This is Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. Kyler's going to continue to ramp up. He'll take the one reps, and if the week goes well, he will start on Sunday. Um, so, please, where he's at right now, we'll see how the week goes. So in the Franz household, we have an air conditioning unit, an air scrubber, a reverse osmosis system, and a tankless water heater all purchased from Parker & Sons. Why? Well, number one, because we trust them. We got to know Parker & Sons about six months into living in Phoenix, and they've showed up on time, got it right the first time, and treated us great every single time. So why would we go anywhere else? The other thing I like is some of the products have even saved us money. The reverse osmosis system gives us bottle quality water from a tap. And then the tankless water heater, I can't even imagine how much money it has saved us. We never run out of hot water, even on holidays when people are coming in to visit. And it doesn't heat up water and then just let it sit in a tank. It only heats it up as we use it. So we only use the electricity when we need it. And our air scrubber takes allergens and bacteria out of the air, which has just been a dream for my wife and my youngest daughter, who have some pretty heavy allergies. Call 6022-REPAIR to learn about these products. That's 602, the number two, that R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker & Sons. Rosati Sports Pub in Chandler. It's on Ray and McQueen. Sounds like a sports bar. What's the difference? You walk in and they actually have games on TV with the sound on. How many times do you walk into a supposed sports bar and they've got loud music on or somebody playing live or some kind of trivia game going on and you're there to watch the game? If you're like me, a simple guy, give me my pizza, give me my wings, give me my cold beer and make sure I can hear the Suns and D-backs, then you want Rosati Sports Pub and Chandler. All members of the Unplugged Army, welcome. Rosati Sports Pub, give me the game. Unplugged at whirlwind.com, unplugged at whirlwind.com, unplugged at whirlwind.com. That is not my official website. Mine is just simply Doug at DougFranzUnplugged.com. But unplugged, well, that's my email. The website is just DougFranzUnplugged.com. But the one I'm pushing you to is unplugged at whirlwind.com. Go to that website and check out all, oh, Jeff, we're production, you're like lightning, and check out all the amenities you get with the Whirlwind Plus program. 
Uh, I don't care what your home course is. I, I think this is such a no-brainer. $299 for the year. That's the lowest you'll ever find at, at a premium course to be a member. Now, you still then pay for your golf. But here's what makes it awesome. You pay for your golf, and you get the lowest rate of the day. So as you know, being a Phoenician, as it gets hotter, the uh, the rates get cheaper. Well, let's say you want to play early, but you want to save money. You get the lowest rate that day at whatever tee time you find available as a Whirlwind Plus member. And you still get to sign up five days ahead of time of your tee time. And then that's not all. You get 15% off when you go to Civlik for lunch or you grab a beer. You get 15% off the pro shop. And if you're not a golfer, go with the $34 a month plan and sign up for now in December and use it for uh, your, sh- your Christmas shopping. If you're shopping for a golfer, you could get a gift card. You could go to, uh, you can go get stuff at the pro shop, and you get fifteen percent off. It is a no-brainer, no matter where you are on the spectrum of golf, to either experience a great, a gorgeous course for so much cheaper than you can uh, normally play, or whether you want the discounts at the pro shop or go get the wings. Oh my God! You know what? Speaking of which, I haven't had the wings at Civic in a while, so that's there. We go. There's, there's lunch at some point this week. If you want to join me, let me know. But I'm, I'm definitely jumping on that at some point. Hear ye. Hear ye. Oh, yay. Oh, yay. It's time to call a town hall meeting. Jeff Weir Production, are you impressed that that's actually me with a synthesizer? Very much so. Yeah, thank you. I like it. I, I, I'm entertained by that every time I hear it. All right, what do we got today? <laughs> All right, the first one we've got is uh, from General Mike. Okay. And he says, you and Steve were talking about robot umps, and I think one or both of you mentioned keeping the human element. I disagree. If the necessary technology is there to replace humans in some aspects, we should use it. The only reason we have the human element is because the technology wasn't available when these sports were invented. The human element leads to the ump show. Enrico Palozzo? Oh, that's bad upbringing, Jeff. I'll blame your parents (laughs) in just a second. I'll explain that. Keep going. Some of these guys think we pay to see see them wrong. Hmm. Finally, the newest Call uh, Call of Duty video game comes out on friday are the cardinals really thinking of starting kyler murray the same weekend okay we've got a lot general mike we got a lot to break down there that's a fantastic email okay number one enrico palazzo oh my gosh jeff we're production i know i've heard the name i just don't know uh enrico palazzo he's an italian yeah no he's not he's sound he sang the national anthem before an Angels-Mariners game at Dodger Stadium. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay. It was kind of weird that they did that. It wasn't an official game. Do you know why it was not an official game? I do not. Because it was in the middle of the movie Naked Gun. Oh. Enrico Palazzo is Lieutenant Frank Drebin, in which he 
knocked out the home plate umpire with a baseball bat in order to save the queen. Well, now that you say that, of but course. The first thing he did was take was wear the tux and then sing the national anthem, then become the home plate umpire. <laughs> and then when he took his mask off in the process of trying to save the queen, the guy recognizes him in the crowd. That's Enrico Palazzo. Like anybody's ever remembered the name of the national anthem singer, unless it's somebody famous. So that's why that is absolutely hysterical that he, he's, he, because if you remember Enrico Palazzo after he went strike, yeah, yeah, okay. Then he freaks out and he starts doing the dance and everything like that. Well, I got to tell you, th- this is, General Mike never a- anticipated this story. Sorry, General Mike. So I don't know who this guy is. I don't know whatever happened to him. And I, I gosh, I wish it would come back. And I don't know how this poor guy made money doing it. But there was this guy, when I was doing the old show, I was only here for like, it was only like my third year here, second year here, something like that in town. And he put together a charity baseball game in which he would get people to sponsor the game. And then as sponsors, you could put somebody on the team. And we play, and you played major league baseball players that are retired. So he took all of the money, paid retired baseball players to play in the game, and it was major league pitchers full-time. Therefore, you didn't have some Joe Blow throwing his arm out. But former major league pitchers and former players against this group of scrubs that are all paid for that, that wanted to play. Well, because they want media promotion, they asked me to play said, hey, as long as you talk about it and we'll bring in, and they brought in Fergie Jenkins and Lee Smith to help promote the event. I'm like, well, this is awesome. I get to talk to Fergie Jenkins and Lee Smith and play baseball again? Great. And it just so happened it was a weekend that my father was in town. So this is, this is awesome. So we play in this charity baseball game. Mark McClune of CBS5 was a teammate of mine on, on this team because he was a media sponsor as well. So number one, we're playing, and the first pitcher I'm up against is Fergie Jenkins. And I had not swung a wood bat since I was about nine. First uh, swing, I hit a broken bat grounder back to Fergie Jenkins. And I'm kind of a little embarrassed that somebody throwing in the 60s or 70s broke my bat. And yet, I was smart enough to grab both pieces of the bat, and I got Fergie to sign it. So I have, and Fergie's a Hall of Famer, so I have an autographed broken bat that I can say, Fergie Jenkins broke my bat. And somebody's like, wow, you're old enough to have played against Fergie Jenkins? Yeah, yeah, I am. So then the next time I come up, I think it was Gaylord, I, I, no, it wasn't Gaylord Perry, it was... Gosh, I can't remember who it was, but the guy could barely get it across home plate. And I felt terrible. And so I just swung at bad pitches to end this guy's misery. Because I was thinking about the game and the, and the human being. And then I realized as I'm walking off, taking a strikeout on purpose, wait a minute. I'm in this game. I never get this chance. What am I doing? So I come up the next time. I'm all in. Like, I am all, I'm digging into the box. I'm fired up. And on the mound, closer, Lee Smith. And I don't care that I was probably late 30s and Lee was probably late 40s, early 50s. You know, Lee probably pitched till his late 40s. He's probably early 50s. The guy is still humongous on the mound. My first view of him sitting in the batter's box. 
And on a 2-1, I worked the count, get it up to 2-1. And I lace one right over the shortstop's head. And it was the coolest feeling in the world as a guy that batted, you know, my career batting average was about 270. I hit about 288 or so my senior year. So I wasn't a disaster my senior year, but it took me a while. But as I'm running down to first, I hear my dad in the crowd go, hey, and it was so cool because my dad never made noises in my in my high school career. So to all of a sudden impress my dad as I'm running to first base was so cool cool okay then the reason why i'm telling you this story general mike when i get to first base you'll never guess who the first baseman is and no it's not enrico palazzo it was jay johnstone who was a legitimate former professional baseball player but he was also the leadoff hitter in naked gun so the guy that gets the vicious pat down at the beginning that's jay johnstone I was you talk about all of the the impressive people I've been lucky enough to meet in my life. I never go fanboy. I am total fanboy of all people for Jay Johnstone because of how much I love Naked Gun. Oh, Jay. He, I get the first base and he goes, hey, nice hit. I go, hey, yeah. Hey, for you, man, I'm a big fan of Naked Gun. That was like, can you tell me tell me an Enrico Palazzo story? How many people, I'm, I'm driving a poor guy crazy. I almost didn't run to second on a ground ball because I didn't want the conversation to end with Jay Johnstone. So they're, they're oh, by the way, the answer to your question, uh, now that if I get back to it, Steve likes the element of the human element of the umpires. I am one that I, I'm sick of exactly what you said. I'm sick of the ump show. As long as you can show me, we can perfectly get the computerized strike zone. And I mean measuring every player in spring training to perfectly get the strike zone so it's not some generic box, that it's individualized for Aaron Judge and Jose Altuve, then yes, I'm totally in favor of robot umpires calling balls and strikes. All right, what's next? If they can do it on TV, surely they can do it. Oh, yeah. Oh, I forgot. General Mike also asked about Call of Duty. Yes, I'm worried about that. For those of you that don't know, uh, there's a lot of people, myself included, that believe Kyler Murray spends more time playing Call of Duty than he does in his playbook. I'm one of those people, so yes, I'm worried about that. All right, what's next? Uh, I absolutely love the show on Friday. That is exactly why I listen to you. You give the Diamondbacks their proper due, Mm. and with what they just went through, love it. With time a team makes that kind of run, it needs to be discussed in detail. The other sports can wait. Can you let the Army know if you have interest in the vacated position of play caller for the D-backs? Who wrote that? General Tom. Um, General Tom, okay, uh, number one, thank you. For those of you that don't know, I on Friday's show, it's a football Friday geared for football, 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 and I spent a ton of time on Diamondbacks just letting Tori Lovello and Mike Hazen talk and reacting to what they said, so, and I asked for feedback. So thank you for that. As far as am I interested in the play-by-play position for the Arizona Diamondbacks, I, I don't want to be a jerk. I don't know what their plans are, but, what, yeah, I, I, I'm – I would be, I would accept the play-by-play job of every team except the Cubs and Rangers. 
Right? I have no nothing against the Rangers, but I hate the Dallas Cowboys, and I don't want to live there. I just hate the Cowboys. And then the Cubs, I've always, I, I've, I've always hated the Cubs, so I don't want the Cubs. But anybody else, I, I, eh, I don't really like the Dodgers, um, and I don't want to ever be like on Vince Scully's booth. I, I would. Uh, oh, that's like the holy grail. So I'll, I'll take twenty-seven of the other jobs. Yes, I would be interested in any of them. <laughs> Do you think they would offer that position to a TV radio personality? Since they're so opinionated, uh, or am I just way out in left field? No, no, no. That's a, I, I don't think that would be what would stop them. But if they wanted me, I think they would have already hired me. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm assuming I'm not a candidate. Gotcha. <laughs> What's next? All right, the next one I've got is from Jamie. Uh, Doug, Friday show was incredible. Don't change how you do your show. Oh, I remember listening to you driving from Flagstaff to Winslow every morning when you first started. I was hooked, and I haven't missed a show yet. Cheers, my friend. Oh, my gosh, Jamie. That's uh, that's really cool of you. Um, I have a friend that owns a condo in Flagstaff. Maybe I'll try to get up there if you're still in, in that area, and we'll, uh, we'll meet for a beer. I love Beaver Street uh brewery i love beaver street brew now now i'm a hundred mile brew guy let's get that straight but i love going to beaver street brewery they got great mashed potatoes okay what's next all right every one of my emails hold on a second every one of my emails to you are my last email then i start drinking and say bleep that (laughs) too bad for you have you seen ted lasso so well written this is from Dustin. Oh, Dustin, the famous Dustin. Um, number one, okay, I get it. I get it. It took me a second to figure out what you meant. But, yeah, I think you mean because Dustin emails me about three or four times a day. And uh, and I think it means I, I'm done emailing you and then I start drinking and I think of something else and I want to email you again. Uh, have I seen Ted Lasso? I saw season one and two. And then in a cost-cutting move to save the family, I cut out Apple TV, and so I have not seen any of season three. I'll get to it eventually. I do think it's well-written, and I do enjoy it. And as far as your emails, Dustin, I do read all of them, but not all of them make it to Town Hall Tuesday. And I missed you on Friday. You should, you weren't at the happy hour. You could have come to the happy hour and told me all your ideas. Uh, what's next? All right, I've got one from at Farmer Braxton. Okay. ASU, Grand Canyon, and your Ohio Bobcats are in the women's soccer tournament. Oh, wow. That's cool just for you to make an announcement to me. I knew about ASU and Grand Canyon. I admit I had no idea. Look at this. I didn't even know what I had on today. Uh, I did not know my Ohio Bobcats made it. I got your colors right, too. Yeah, thank you. So, O-H-I-O-O-H-I-O-O. There you go. Okay, what's next? All right, the next one. Dobbs was effective for us. Dobbs was effective for us when when we had strong running game. Failed badly once that went away. That's from Rev Kev A Z. I don't I don't have a response to that. You could tie that into uh, the the injuries to James Conner in the running back position, uh, but that still doesn't change some of the horrible reads and inaccuracy from Dobbs. Your running game doesn't affect your accuracy. It could speed you up a little, which, yeah, that can affect your accuracy, but uh, there were too many mistakes while he was here. Okay? All right. Quote of the week. Don't waste your time grieving over past mistakes. Learn from them and move on. At Herm Edwards. Oh. Uh, Coach, there's one thing. We can't move on from your mistakes until the NCAA makes a ruling. So if the NCAA hasn't made a ruling on your past mistakes, how can we move on? You can move on, but we can't move on from your mistakes. We're still living them. 
And it's, we're at the point now where it's going to start affecting 2024 recruiting. The recruiting class of 2024 is still wondering the same thing that the recruiting class of 2023 and the recru- recruiting class of 2022 is wondering. How bad are the sanctions going to be? Because a lot of players don't like to come when there's a lot of sanctions. They care about, number one, getting to the NFL. They care about, number two, NIL. Number three, NIL. Number four, jerseys. Number five, NIL. And number six, facilities. That's what they care about. Then it's like the vibe of campus and everything else. But if they don't think they're going to have chances to win, then it's not going to be good. Or if you're on the crappy Pac-12 network, which now I hopefully we don't get they don't get moved to like Big 12 Plus. There's a Big 12 Plus, which is really annoying. You got to be an ESPN Plus member, and if we get pigeonholed into that, it won't matter. Uh, is that it, or is there any more? I've got one more. Okay, go for it. All right, the last one on your or it should be in your whirlwind ad, uh-huh. do you say commander and chief? It's driving me nuts. You know it's commander in chief, right? And that's from JG. Uh, Jonathan Gannon. That's awesome. Jonathan Gannon, a, list, a, list, a member of the Unplugged Army. I do know that it's commander in chief, um, but I don't know if I'd have to listen to the ad. So th- for those of you that watch us here on WTSMTV.com, it's a different whirlwind ad that airs on the podcast and the reason why is because the show advertisement is so visual that i didn't think it would work so i have a different ad on the podcast and i say i might say it lazy so i might say commander in chief and i'm saying in and un and you you hear and but that's still my fault in communication so yes i do know that it's commander in chief but i think i just pronounce it lazy and i hope i'm not driving you crazy jg because i want you to keep listening but i can see myself not changing because i i do i do articulate lazy which is not good for a broadcaster so young broadcasters don't be like doug that does it for town hall tuesday uh, jeff Weir production is bobby mack ready he's not okay he so then let's yet. let's uh, hit a uh commercial and see if bobby mack wakes up he told us he told me point blank I haven't slept in four days. I don't know when I'm getting up. And I said, all right, well, we'll just text you and see what happens. Let's see if we get lucky. Hopefully, Bobby Mack, Arizona Republic, up next. If not, let's talk some college football on Doug Frown's Unplugged. Presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. We have a glorious moment. Here on Doug Franz Unplugged. We're not talking World Series anymore. Baseball's moved on. We can get back to football. And we've got Bobby Mack to do it of the Arizona Republic, America's beat reporter. Good morning, Sunshine. How are you? Yeah, I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I like our evening conversations because then both of us have a beer. But I have beer in the work fridge if you want me to get one. No, that's all right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> well, number one, are you surprised about anything with Kyler Murray, or is everything going according to the Bobby Mack plan, or as you knew it, the Cardinals plan? Yeah, the Bobby Mack plan, we'd have had him on the field already, and it would have been at least Cleveland. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I don't ever want to watch another game like that in person <laughs> or on TV again. That was horrific. <laughs> That was so bad. Ooh. No, I, I, I just think, yeah, they're slow. They're slow pacing this thing, and if they don't start Kyler this week, there's something sinister going on. Mm. I, and I don't believe in, in all that nonsense of conspiracies, but 
there is something sinister going on if he does not play this week. This is uh, – I, I love where you're going. For those of you that don't know, Bobby Mack is is there at practice. He sees the walkthroughs and the warm-ups and everything Kyler Murray does to get ready for practice. And for the most part, Bobby Mack is allowed to watch the real practice but never allowed to talk about it or report. And we, we don't even want to walk down that aisle because it's a great thing that the Cardinals allow the media to do that. But I, I will then ask, on the portions that you're allowed to report on, what are you seeing? from Kyler how does he look to your eye well I mean he's doing a lot of the work I see with with scout scout team or and some second string people mostly scout and practice squad guys but we've been told that he's he's had first team reps uh, since he's come back now how many I don't know but he's ready to go and he told Gannon, look, I'm ready to play. And they kept him out. And he did not look happy in Cleveland. Mm. His locker was right next to Clayton Toon. And as I'm waiting for Clayton Toon to talk to us after that horrific game, Kyler did not look happy. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I would. I don't know if he, he's not afraid of facing a defense like, like that. I know this cat. He's, he's too competitive to be glad he missed it. He, w- he would have helped them. They would not have been blown out 27 nothing had he played. Hmm. But he did not look happy at all. Now, is he always a little grumpy? Yeah, he looks a little grumpy all the time. <laughs> so take but, that you may. Yeah, but, but you know, you know like we, all over the Unplugged Army, we love Bobby Mack. But let's face it, you're, 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 you can be grumpy. And you know grumpy. So you know the stages of grumpy. So I would trust you to judge his grumpy more than any other grumpy in the world. So I, I'm totally buying what you're saying. He's pretty grumpy. This is this is good. I like where yeah. you're going here. I mean, I, I want to see this from Kyler. I, I have not heard uh, of his frustration level of not playing against Cleveland. And I think it's a mistake to not playing him against Cleveland because you know full well, Bobby Mack, what Friday is. Friday is the release of the new Call of Duty. And I think it's a mistake to release Call of Duty and then start Kyler the same week because you know where his focus is going to be. They should have started okay. him last week. Stop, stop, stop. I know you said that for bit angle, but you don't really mean it. You don't believe it. Oh, I, you, come on! You, I totally believe it. I, t- I totally believe in the Cliff Kingsbury era. He was not held accountable. I totally believe Cliff ran a soft team, and I totally think Kyler's way of checking out mentally, like I'm, I, I'm going to start playing Call of Duty. I mean, there's a reason for the Kyler clause in the contract. Even though Michael Bidwell and I don't see eye to eye on a lot of things, there's a reason why the clause was put in, right? Uh, yeah, but it's also taken out, so. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, that's that's still one of the funnier moments in uh, in in Cardinals history. But I think this is great, and I still love, even though Jonathan Gannon, I don't know why he treats the great Bobby Mack the way he does with some of his short answers to your questions. I don't like that part of it, but I do yeah, yeah. love Jonathan Gannon. I think he's going to be a good coach with whoever hires him next. Here's the problem, though. If if they don't, if he doesn't start Kyler this week, and Kyler wants to play again and is ready to go, and it's him, it's Gannon that's holding, that's not pulling the trigger. His team is going to turn on him, and all this goodwill and culture and camaraderie that he's been able to build uh, is going to start to fall around him. 
this team is tired of of this. They want to win some games. They know they're not going to the playoffs, but they want to win some games. And and if you really are serious about putting your team in the best position to win and the right people in the right places to win, which is what he's always saying, you better start this damn quarterback. Because I'm telling you, looking at those guys' eyes in that locker room on Sunday was horrific. Hmm. These guys are pissed off. And look, they're doing everything and more than I thought they were capable of doing by staying in almost every game and playing their butts off. I respect the hell out of them. But if if you if you start Clayton Toon again, you're going to lose this team, and I mean it. I, I know I know what that looks like. I've seen that in Cardinal teams for too long to not recognize it instantly when you look in a guy's eyes. And he's shaking his head as he's walking out the locker room hmm. on his way to the team bus for a miserable four and a half hour flight. That's what I'm worried about. And so you're not bust. I know. I know you well enough to like. Listen, you're not reporting, but you are with with all the knowledge and experience you have. You're staring in the eyes of Kyler Murray and totally believing that Kyler Murray thinks he's ready. So, therefore, it's a Cardinals decision and not a Kyler decision. Kyler has told us that Kyler told him that I'm ready to play now, and that was a while ago. Yeah. I think that was two weeks ago, if not longer. Yeah. Wow. I'm just saying, he's at at risk of losing his team if he doesn't play Kyler Murray. So, this has to lose. He's in danger. Because these guys have worked their asses off too hard to sit through a Clayton Toon game again. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. He needs training camp again before you, I want to see him on the field in a preseason game, and that's it. This That was the worst quarterback performance I've ever seen. This is, this is a huge point. I just just listening to you, and I, and it was rough. It was the first time I've ever thought I was working and found myself. I had to rewind a game because I missed almost a quarter, uh, falling asleep in the chair. But I I, I asked Lucky you, yeah. <laughs> but I I ask in, in looking at the guys. Has there ever – you and I argued about this at the beginning of the year. Has there ever been, to me, a more clear case of tanking than the trade of Dobbs? And listen, I agree with the trade. That's two different things. Trade, when you get an offer from another team that improves your organization in the future, you take it. So I don't have a problem with it. But if you made that trade and still knew you weren't starting Kyler Murray, then you actually traded your best chance to win. Isn't that the definition? definition of tanking uh it is i i don't think they they improved their team by getting rid of him i think they hurt their team because i like dobbs as a as a backup to kyler totally agree i would have rewarded him handsomely for the privilege of doing that that's so, a great point too yeah i i don't look it was good for him because he gets to go start but he could have started here if kyler had a problem yeah, yeah, boy, that's that's a great point, uh, Bobby Mack. What's going right with the with the Arizona Cardinals? Season's almost over, halfway there, <laughs> and I only have one more road game, so that's great for me. <laughs> Where are you going? Chicago, going my hometown, Chicago. Yeah, there you go. I, I, that's why I uh, that's why I took a guess. A big game on Thursday. The Bears can beat Carolina and get a better draft pick for it. That's huge. 
I mean, imagine if you're if if, if you're Josh Fields, play great, get a better chance to find the team can find your replacement. That's gonna suck if he plays, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. What a what a conundrum. <laughs> anyway, throw picks in order in order for you to stay. This is uh this is out of nowhere, but because you are Mr. Okay. Phoenix because you are Mr. Phoenix, I, I get yeah. sentimental for me from your time as ball boy. Tell me a Walter Davis story. Oh, my favorite player. Is he really? Yeah, he he's partly why I became a sports writer, Doug. I'll be serious. Oh, that's awesome. Just to sneak into the Coliseum, take the city bus down to the Coliseum when they would have uh, shoot-arounds before games, hours before games, and and sneak in. There was no security. We just snuck in, hid behind the benches. And and when Aaron Ball would come out, we'd go retrieve it and bounce pass it or chest pass it. And after doing this for weeks, the guys finally said, you know, you can come out. We know you're there every single time we play. Come on out and rebound for us. <laughs> we got to know the guys, and Walt Davis didn't need me because he not, did not miss shots. But I would retrieve the ball. He liked my style. <laughs> uh, so, as you know, I dabble in the arts. I, I draw and paint, and I, I did a picture of, of Walter uh, and black and white drawing, and he absolutely loved it. And so we started a connection there in his rookie year. And uh, I'd have him, I did more. I'd have him sign it and I'd take it home. Uh, he, he wanted them all, but I said, no, these are for me. I just wanted your autograph. <laughs> but we, 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 got to, we got to be good friends in a short amount of time. Just me as a kid, him as a young NBA player. And I, he invited me to his, his condominium to do a story for my high school newspaper. Oh, my gosh. That's awesome. And I would hang out there. So after school, sometimes I'd ride my bicycle over and we'd just talk shop. Talk I had no idea, Bobby. This is amazing. In high school, yeah. And now in high school, I started working at the paper, but not until I was a senior. Uh, but that connection kind of grew. And I loved sports writing. And it he was just a fantastic man and a big part of my life for a long time. Oh. And and it's it's sad, sad he's gone. Oh my yeah. gosh! Did you uh, d- uh, listen? I I should never ask this because this exposes me in a way that you are going to torch me. But did you write something about Walter Davis that I miss it? No, I did not. Uh, 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 I was in. No, I didn't. I wish I could have. But yeah, sometimes it's personal stuff and you know as great as it is it's, it's still a memory and it's powerful to me that way okay i know that relationship was was cool and great and one in a million and I, you know sometimes you don't have to document everything yeah yeah well i, I would tell you that's I wish because, I would have yeah. for making me feel really crappy. <laughs> I, I look at it differently than you. I, sh- I think it shows your humbleness that you didn't think you should write something because knowing no. you, you would look at it as you're projecting yourself into a story that it's about and, and, it, and it's, it's all about Walter, where, where I look at it as I have lived here almost 20 years now. So I am I feel like I'm full blood Phoenician. But I'll yeah. never be 
at the parade in 93. I'll never be at the airport in the 70s. I'll never be this is our only team in town, the Phoenix Suns. And as a guy that considers myself hardcore, you know, Phoenix Phoenician now, without those memories, I do live vicariously through people like you. So when you write something about Walter Davis, about your connection, that brings me somewhere where I can't get anywhere else without you. Wow. So there's that. There's there's this. We've had a moment here, Bobby Mack. All of our joking and all of our fun arguments in life, and now we're hugging it out. So I, I, you know what? It's never too late. It's it's never too late. I don't and I don't care if the Republic uh, is willing to put it up since it's a little after the fact. I'll put it up on my website. We'll put it up on the WTSMTV.com website. Well, let's. I, I'd love to see what you had to say. But this is still great to hear you tell stories. That's 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 what I want. That's wonderful. Um, anything else in life going on? Do you uh, do you have any drawings of you losing in darts or anything? <laughs> no, I don't. Oh, okay, uh, okay. Nothing's going on, Douglas. I, I, I'm doing well, though, and I appreciate being on this uh, wonderful program of yours. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. What are you doing today? I'll, uh, in, in honor of you being... I'm going to go talk to some coordinators at the Cardinals today. Okay, okay. And uh, find out their solution to some problems, especially yeah. on offense. There's yeah. a lot of problems. Yeah. I've, I don't I've, know how many solutions there are, but there are problems. I'm 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 kind of with you. All right, I owe you a beer. I thought you were fantastic today, and we're gonna get a lot of uh, a lot of people are gonna be tweeting me on how great you were. Thanks for your time, my friend. Thank you. Thank you Absolutely. Very much. I'm gonna go back to sleep now. Okay, <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> there is Bobby Mack, Arizona Republic, America's beat reporter. Uh, wow, that was awesome. I mean, I'm. I'm sorry that I'm taking a minute. I am not patting the show on the back or Jeff Weir production or me or something like that. Bobby Mack was fantastic. I I knew that he used to sneak in to the uh, madhouse, and I knew the the stories he has about the Suns. I had no idea that he had a specific Walter Davis story who died last week at the age of 69 years old. And uh, I, I think... I think Walter Davis is still, yeah, he's still the leading scorer in Suns history. Think about that. All the Steve Nash, uh, right now Booker's number three. Uh, Alvin Adams, how long he was a son. I mean, mean, you you throw out some names and you think, well, that guy's got to be number one. That guy's got to be number one. And no, it's it's still Walter Davis. And then, wow, what a great story. But it's also sad, you know? I mean, can you imagine... Nowadays, the reports that would be written about a high school kid that's riding his bike over to an NBA player's condominium, and 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 then in in that time, it was just you know you trust people. It's wow, I I, I got moved by that. That that would really grab me. I hope you're uh, okay with me kind of putting it all uh, back together. Thanks, Bobby. Thanks. Uh, Bobby Mack, Arizona Republic. Please give him a follow, at Mac if you're on Twitter. And if, if you haven't thought about it, I, I still think – I miss Kent Summers. Let me, let me say that. 
I think that the Republic is missing a great columnist right now. And uh, so I miss Kent Summers. But when I read Bobby Mack, when I read Dwayne Rankin, when I read Dana Scott, when I read um, uh, Nick Pecoro, Oh, I just think is fantastic. And then they have a new writer. His name, well, I don't know how new he is. I mean, this is one of those kings. Maybe this guy's been there five years and I just haven't been paying attention. But they got another guy named Theo Mackey, who I feel like that guy is writing to me. He goes descriptive and analytical. I like analytics. I respect analytics. I want to learn more about analytics. But I can't stand when people allow analytics to rule their life or rule every decision they make. And they don't have any feel for what's actually happening. And I think Theo Mackey is great at the balance when he writes of the analytics say this. And here's here's the feeling of the moments. I I really like that core group of writers that I just said. I think they have a fantastic group of covering the Diamondbacks and, and, and covering the Cardinals and covering the Suns. So if 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 it's worth it to you, uh, of course. If, if, if money's tight, please spend it on WTSMTV.com, okay? Please uh, uh, upgrade and not just be the, the free membership. Jump in and be a plus. Jump in and go uh, on demand. Jump in and go live. Jump into premium where this month we're giving away an unbelievable prize package to Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Uh, jump on us. Be a part of it. But if you can go further, you might want to think about getting an Arizona Republic subscription to AZ Central because of people like Bobby Mack. Um, do me a favor, if you would, Jeff Weir Production. I would like optional break four, please. Optional break four. And, uh, and then get everything settled so I can um, reassess ASU and do ASU U of A next. And then we'll be joined by Steve McCollum and versus Vegas. It's coming up here on Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club and Wild Horse Pass on WTSMTV.com. Burrito Express started with my father about 25 years ago. He got laid off and decided that he needed to do something to provide for his family. My brother and I were older teens, 17, 18 year old, and I'm gonna do a trial out of my house. So literally we decided we're gonna start out of his house. So we delivered uh, menus in a square mile area, literally started delivering burritos out of our home in Mesa, Arizona. And after about a month, he said, let's do this. Went and found his first location. And believe it or not, that's how it started. We started with one location back in 1995. Now we're where we are now it's big it's juicy it's meaty get your burrito at burrito express if you're having a hangover a bad day even a good day still get your burrito at burrito express it will make you feel better beer friday coming up presented by 100 Mile Brewing Company in Tempe. It officially, the, everything officially starts in November, but I want to give them free plugs now. Please put them in your rotation of places to eat. Burrito Express has seven locations across the east side. Angel, please come to the west side at some point. And, uh, and then Bell's National Kitchen, home of the National Hot Chicken Sandwich, best sandwich in the state of Arizona. And well, I haven't been to Bell's in a while. The Devil's on, have you ever had the Devil's on Horseback or the Kool-Aid Pickles? I'm serious about the Kool-Aid pickles. Fried pickles are a southern delicacy, but there was something about the vinegary taste that that, uh, Mikey just didn't love about the fried pickles he was serving. 
and they realize if they dip them in regular regular Kool-Aid, it's all the great flavor without the sting of the vinegar of the pickle, and you don't taste Kool-Aid. There's never a moment where you're saying, I wonder what Kool-Aid tastes like on a pickle. No, no, you don't taste the Kool-Aid. You just don't taste sting. It's awesome. So a big fan of Bell's Nashville Kitchen and now 100 Mile Brewing Company, Tempe, behind the Macayos in the hotel at the 202 Rural in Scottsdale uh, in Tempe. Love to meet you out there for a beer sometime. If you want to know what kind of beer I like, you want the uh, A Mountain Amber Ale. A Mountain Amber Ale is my favorite. Let's go back to college football, and let's uh, look at Kenny Dillingham. Uh, Give us a Trenton Borgay update. If you are uh, taking on UCLA today, is Trenton Borgay your quarterback? Yeah, I'm not going to comment on Trenton right now. Uh, You know, he's day-to-day, so we'll find that one out just kind of as the week progresses. Uh, If we were to play today, he he would not play. Well, that stinks. Um, big fan of Trenton Borgay. Not not as a pro quarterback in any way, shape, or form. And if I'm starting a college team, uh, I would love to have Trenton Borgay on the team, and I would love to have him lose the job to somebody else that's more talented. <laughs> that's, that sounds so cold. But he's such a great leader, such a great person, and so knowledgeable. I want him on the team, 100%. Um, this, is, this is a good question. You are now starting your third string at almost every position, uh, sometimes second string, a lot of fourth string. What's that like? What, what, how, just to put into words the difficulty of, of preparing fourth stringers. The game is about matchups at the end of the day, and the most important matchups are up front. Uh, that's why when, you know, the most, if you think about the most, the highest paid guys in the NFL, it's defensive ends, offensive line, and quarterback, right? Why? Because that's the number one correlation to winning you know, those positions. If you can't run the ball, if you can't protect the quarterback, if you can't impact the quarterback, um, or if you can, on, on the contrary, then you're going to win a ton of football games. So uh, we're definitely got got to be, you know, unique and creative with. You know how we utilize guys. I felt like I could have done a better job. I didn't, you know, prepare good enough for Trenton going down so early uh, in the game and in that scenario, just because I, you know, I felt like we would struggle if that would happen. So, you know, preparing for a situation that you'd struggle in is, you know, do you, how much time do you invest in that versus, okay, let's go win this football game, you know, guns are blazing. So I could have done a better job preparing and putting together, a, you know, a plan for scat and some other guys back there to try to move the ball instead of just kind of throw one together on the sideline. Uh, probably should have just kind of had a, a better plan there um, moving forward. So it's a challenge, but we're, we're going to adapt and change and continue to adapt and change. And maybe, you know, every few weeks or that will work and we'll spark plug it. And then people kind of figure out, you know, what we're doing and what the weakness of it is of it. Uh, a little bit, and uh, we'll have to keep changing. If you're if you're not following ASU very well, this is a fantastic discussion point. Whether you're talking about a football team or whether you're talking about your business, and that is your disaster plan. Do you think it is Kenny Dillingham's job to do the best plan to win the game? And the best preparation to win that game is to prepare Trenton Borgay 
number one to win the game. I don't think the normal best plan is to put a lot of time into the backup plan of how are we going to use our six-string quarterback, who's also our best running back, as quarterback. How are we going to use him? I think there's an element of, listen, if we get down that low, we're a dead duck anyway, so what does it matter? Normally, I, I, would, I would argue that. Normally, I would say, Kenny Dillingham, I think you did the right thing. I'm going to put it as high as 95% of the time. Unfortunately, Trenton Borgay was playing hurt and got hurt. And I, I think Trent, it's not Trenton Borgay's fault, but when you have such a weak offensive line, and you have a quarterback whose strength is not escaping the pocket. Borgay's strength is giving give him just a half a second. He can diagnose the defense and get the ball out. And when you don't have very good weapons on the outside other than one, I, I think you do have to put more time into your backup plan. Because you do need to anticipate Trenton Borgay is going to face such heavy pressure, there's a very good chance he's going to get hurt. So I, I do agree with Kenny Dillingham that he didn't do a good enough job of preparing the, the backups. Uh, tell us what you think about UCLA's defense, Coach. I think this is the best defensive front I've faced in two years. Uh, in my opinion, I think going back the last two years, I think from a talent perspective, this front, this front seven, could be the most the most talented, the most disruptive. Uh, I've you know in my last two years here, they're they're super talented, super good, and that's not a knock on Utah. Utah is unbelievable. Uh, they're sound, but the, the this UCLA team is is very 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 talented. You know, I probably shouldn't have had you pull the whole thing. I, I, I used a sm- snippet at four-minute offense, and that was probably enough because I, I did I did find it interesting. He thought this is the best run for that he's played in two years, including last year at, at Oregon. I, I don't um, think it's the best that he's played, but I'm interested in him saying that. And, boy, I kind of more feel like he's trying to give a wake-up call to the O-line, and I don't think they need woken up. They, they, they know when they're the backups just how tough it's going to be anyway, so I have no doubt about that. I thought this was good of when you looked at the Utah tape, is this the kind of game where you do a deep dive on, or is this the kind of tape that you just throw away and move on because what, what could you have really done? The way he drifts away from the answer, I think he's the one. The question wasn't as thrilling as the depth of his answer. What I took away from the game was I showed the guys, listen, that team we just played, you know, that is a – we lost that game in March. We lost that game in April. That's not a game that you win uh, in your week of prep. That's a game that you find out what your nine months of prep puts you in position to do. And I said, so that's my fault because I didn't do a good enough job the last nine to ten months putting us in position to win a football game like that because those games are not scheme-based. Those games are purely culture-based, effort-based program base and I haven't done a good enough job in the last nine months to get us to that point to compete versus a team like that so that's what I told the guys was that game's on me I got to do better um, watch it and let's go back to being the team 
just like Utah did two weeks ago when they had a result they didn't like. They responded with their best game of the year. That's what good teams do, good cultures do. Now let's us go respond with our best game of the year this week and flush it and go be the defense that played versus Washington and the offense that played versus Washington State. And uh, let's try to put it together. I, I absolutely love that answer, even though I disagree with it. I do believe totally it's a culture loss, okay? That was a culture-based win for Utah. I don't believe with the way Ray Anderson and Herm Edwards has left this program in shambles that suddenly Kenny Dillingham can wave a magic wand and be good enough to truly compete with Utah. However, I love the message that he's sending. I mean, a, a ma- if I'm Kenny Dillingham, I think I'm playing – the Utah game in the weight room in the spring. <laughs> like, like, let guys re-watch it while they're lifting weights and remind them that it's a culture loss. Um, do me a favor, save CKD6 for tomorrow. I, I, I want to do that tomorrow, but do you mind skipping all the way to Jed 3 for me, Jeff Weir Production? I'm going to use CKD, Jed 1 and 2 tomorrow. But Jed 3 was... I thought this was an amazing sales job by Jed Fish. All he was asked as the U of A head coach is football IQ and the way that Jed Fish talks about wanting smart football players. And listen to how Jed takes the question about football IQ and does an amazing recruiting sales job that the way to the NFL is through Tucson. I think uh, there's no doubt that our team has a very high football IQ. We throw a lot of football at them. Um, We run a, as we said, a pro-style offense with the exact same verbiage as a lot of NFL teams use. Uh, These guys understand that each week we have a different game plan based upon how we want to attack coverage uh, and how we want to attack a front. Uh, If you're going to be a game plan specific team on offense, then you have to have high football IQ. If you look at what we're doing on defense, we have plenty of different personnel groups. We move guys in and out to different spots. We play different coverages. We teach different pass concepts and run, uh, run fits. And if you're going to do that, you need to have a high football IQ. So uh, we believe that if you come to Arizona, uh, you have to have a football IQ that's going to allow you to be a pro. And that's what we look for. We don't look for guys that just want to line up right and left. We don't look for guys that just want to uh, play in a system that doesn't motion. We don't want to look for guys defensively that only want to line up uh, and do one job. We want people that are smart and that want to play on Sundays. And if you want to play on Sundays, you better be able to pick up a lot of football in a short period of time. That's just... Okay, whether you love Jed Fish, hate Jed Fish, love U of A, hate U of A, the brilliance of that answer, how dead serious he is, going to the NFL goes through Tucson. Now, I'm not even saying he's wrong. I bet he does a great job preparing players for the NFL. And, and, and until you see a long track record, we can't t- totally believe it. But I just thought that was – that is so brilliant to change that answer. Hey, how smart are your guys? Our guys are preparing for the NFL. And if you want to prepare for the NFL, well, that's the kind of people that we need. It's just really smart. Uh, Steve McCollum joins us right now from 8 to 10 every weekday morning. He's part of a three-way six-hour block 
where we are the only station in Phoenix that gives you six hours of local sports programming every weekday morning. And his portion is 8 to 10. It's called The Main Event with Steve McCollum. Uh, Steve, are, uh, do you look at the path to the NFL going through Tucson? Uh, y- if you're driving through, 100%. Just... <laughs> Uh, they they have they've had barely anybody drafted over the years. Jed Fish, you know he's he's a he's a salesman. He's a sales guy. And he's not very good at it though, because like he's always begging for sellouts. He's always begging for more tickets to be sold, you know. And uh, it just I don't know. It just rubs me the wrong way. And I'm not saying he's not a bad coach. You know, yeah, he's done a good yeah. job. But uh, that part of him just drives me nuts. I don't know. I can understand that, but I don't know what else he should do. You've got, I mean, it's, it's not, not his, like yeah. U of A will sell out on its own without getting pushed. I mean, they've yeah. had decent teams, not good, but decent teams over the last 25 years they've every now and then. always let you down. Like, yeah. we talk about being let down. Like, when we have bad seasons, we know the bad season's coming by we, yeah. I mean, ASU. Yeah. U of A goes into a season going, we're going to be so great. And then they lose horribly to Penn State, right? Or whatever. <laughs> Ever. And it's just an always just lift it up and then let down. So I don't blame U of A fans for. I thought they weird. did that in basketball. They do that in football. Oh, they too? do that in football. Okay, too. okay, yeah. okay. Yeah. I, but I, I just I just that sales part of it, you know, because like when, as soon as I, I didn't hear that clip yesterday, yeah. and uh, it, as soon as you, I heard that through my headphones, I almost threw up. <laughs> I totally believe he's the next head coach at Texas A&M. Well, you know, I, I, I saw all those rumors over the weekend, too. Like, you know, like, oh, I mean, J- Jim, Jimbo Fisher's in trouble, right? Oh, yeah. But I don't know, man. Like, those schools hire big-name guys, and when they don't hire big-name right. guys, uh, they get into trouble. And, and that, that's, that's, this is the, one of the greatest points you've ever made, because do <laughs> well, you, want to, See, the, everybody. Do you, you. <laughs> want to win the press conference? Thank you. Let's go straight to Izzy. Do you want to win the press conference or win games? Yeah. And you're exactly right. Yeah. A ton of athletic directors care deeply about everybody saying nice things yeah. about their hire, but, and I yeah. don't think Texas A&M fans would go crazy name about Jeff Fish. Name the last big time school, you know, big big name, big expectations that hired a Jed Fish is a no name guy. Like he's had success one hundred percent, but he's not like even Kirby Smart, right? When he was hired, he might not have been well known in the West Coast, but. I damn well guarantee everybody in SEC knew who yep. Kirby Smart was, You're exactly right? Exactly right. And uh, so those are the guys those schools hire, and that's what's going to hurt him being at Arizona for that step. Doesn't mean he takes another intermediate, like a Florida State, for instance, mm-hmm. could hire him. Those types of schools, I'll throw out of Clemson because Dabo Sweeney. Yeah, that's an interesting Who knows situation. what's happening with that guy? I think that would be a horrific mistake to fire Dabo Sweeney. No, he's but made so I, many mistakes. I think Clemson is the type of school to do it. Well, because Dabo Sweeney's just made so many refuses to embrace the transfer portal. Right. We're going to bring guys in as freshmen and build them up. Like You can't do that yeah, in this yeah, day and age, yeah. right? Uh, kicking DJU out, saying, you're not good enough, son, and then having a guy that's lost four games now this yep. year and played terribly. Uh, his outlash is out... Uh, is, is lashing out at the the fans of Clemson who are disappointed and not just doing a you know not just being upset about him but rudely going yeah, after yeah. him. I just that cannot be good for a program and I think I think it's to the point where if, outside looking in, Dabo thinks he's too big for the school, and I could see you know a school like that which that would be a heck of a jump up for Jetfish. It's just those big big schools are the question marks. You know it's funny there was a there's a hilarious line. This is a long time ago. 
where Nolan Richardson had already won a national championship in Arkansas and things started to go downhill. And then he got up in a press conference and ripped everybody yeah. and just said, listen, if you, if they want to fire me, they can come in here and fire me. Yeah. So they fired him and then he sued. Why did you fire yeah. me? Yeah. What do you mean you fired me? <laughs> and, I won a championship. And that's, that's good. You, you are really right about Dabo Sweeney and the transfer portal, but I think it's one of those lessons. Remember, Nick Saban was railroading college football for allowing the quick snaps and but, really upset about the hurry up offense. And as soon as he started getting whooped by it, yeah, he embraced boom, it. Alabama. Yeah. I kind of think Dabo's going to go that way on the transfer. Dude, how can you be so wrong, though? So arrogant that you kick a the better quarterback out and say you're not good enough to be here. How do you how do you have that type of ego to go? We don't need the transfer portal. We're doing it this way. Yeah, uh, it's very similar. Dare I say it to the ASU situation where Crow and Anderson think they're smarter than everybody. That's Dabo. And uh, say what you will about Nick Saban. He will adapt. He's not stupid. He will adapt to what is going on, right? Not just that. He hates the transfer portal. But he's embraced it. Yeah, good point. And the ego on Dabo, he's coming in late. Like, I can understand last year saying that and not adjusting to it, but he's stuck to it now three years in a row. uh, And it's going to be interesting to see. So I would keep an eye on that more so than an A&M for for Jed Fish because, uh, look, they hired Dabo. Who was Dabo Sweeney before he got there? Um, An assistant? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, now, this is what's crazy. Who was Clemson before that? I mean, Clemson had a great tradition, but they hadn't been good since the 80s. Absolutely. Before that. Here's something that I I really was shocked. I don't know if you got a chance to hear it today, but Bobby Mack was on and said he thinks if Kyler doesn't start this week, something sinister is going on and still thinks it was wrong that Kyler didn't start last week. I I disagree with the last week take because of the weather. Um, To be honest with you, I probably would have started him against Baltimore if he's ready. Mm-hmm. Uh, the thing I hate about Kyler Murray, is, and it's not a Kyler Murray issue, it's a everybody else issue. Okay. Is, you know, like you bring up the Call of Duty, I yeah. hate that narrative because they're all playing Call of Duty, right? And everything. that's the first thing you hear when they announced yesterday. My Twitter feed was full of people. Oh, Call of Duty's out this week and they're yeah. going to play. Yeah, Kyler's going to be You know, tired. and, uh, you know, those narratives, the... It's so hard you know, to play, Steve, when you're up all night. Yeah, the, you play football <laughs> when you're you up know, all night. You know, and I, I, I function on this show after being up on my planet, so you have a gift. <laughs> the the issue that I got is as um I don't disagree. The reason why he has not played yet, he's ready to go. Yeah, is either he hasn't learned the system or the ownership slash whatever. Now here's the thing. Um, they can go on. They can win two or three games. Their schedule's tough for, to finish up their season. They can win two or three games and still have a high draft pick uh, and things like that. And I think that's partly why they held him out. There are politics going on here, no doubt about it. But once he goes back this week, he's in there for good. And let's see what happens. I would, I, I would hope. Well, I thought that was. If a, he does not play comments. this week, though, I agree 100. Uh, percent They're keeping him out because they are tanking. I don't think they are as of now, uh, but you know, not overtly tanking. Yeah. But uh, he will lose the locker room if Tyler doesn't play. This team will not rally around Clayton Toon, just like none of us should. <laughs> well done. That's Steve McCollum, and this is... We haven't had any dancing in a while. More by, uh, more by choice. Versus Vegas, every weekday morning, and where I, the minnow in the room... Take on Vegas. By the way, I talked to, had a, uh, a text conversation with the old shark from Props, Arizona. 
uh, this week. And I, I think there's something in the works here. I think there's something in the works. Got to talk to CEO Chris about it. I think there might be something in the works that I'm kind of jacked up about. Uh, coming up next, we got Steve McCollum, the main event, with his co-host Dale Hellestray. After that, iOS is he on sports with a completely fresh take on everything local and national. Do whatever you can to try to make it a part of your day. Leave us on all day and watch all three shows or come back and watch On Demand. Become a premium member at WTSMTV.com. Yesterday, not bad. Uh, went 2-1. and one. Uh, Really got smoked in my loss, though, but I crushed my win. Here you go. I, I said I like the Pacers to defeat San Antonio. San Antonio coming on the back end of a back-to-back. And I really liked uh, Indiana minus the eight and a half because of the back-to-back. Tell me if I got it right. Eight and a half points. I need the Pacers to win by eight and a half. Indiana 152. San Antonio 111. Yeah. Thank you, Webinyama. Uh, that was kind of entertaining. Indiana annihilated San Antonio. I also said I like the Chargers to cover against the Jets, minus three and a half. Crushed that one 27 to six. So my two wins were really good. My loss wasn't even close. I took Orlando on the money line against Dallas with Dallas coming off the back end of a back-to-back. Dallas smoked the magic, 117-102, and it wasn't even that close. So I, I got beat up bad on my loss, but still went 2-1 and one on the day, 67%. You'll always take that. That puts me at 10-25, and 7 but I am still below the magical 53% that uh, is impressive for all people. But if you remember some of my golf predictions and my awesome prediction of an individual Alex Bregman home run, I'm still in the plus overall because of that. Today, I didn't like anything. Uh, The NBA does something pretty cool. Today's an election day, so they don't have any games on election day. They don't want any distractions. They don't want the NBA. And they want you to wonder, hey, why isn't there any NBA games today? They want you to think about that consciously and go vote. So there's no NBA. NHL, there's only one team that has the back-to-back advantage. The Montreal Canadiens are at home, on the and, and they're playing a team on the back end of a back-to-back. But it's the Canadiens. I, I, I'm not trusting that. I, I'm not trusting the Canadiens to take advantage of a back-to-back. To me, it only evens things out. So I'm not touching that one. I only got one game that I like today. Uh, don't love it, but I like it. I like Baylor covering against Auburn. Baylor's a one-and-a-half-point favorite in college hoop over Auburn. Auburn's not a slouch. I think Baylor wins by about five or six, though. So I'm going to take Baylor minus the one-and-a-half against Auburn. And that's the only game I could find with no NBA, one NHL um, game that is on a back-to-back, which I consider an advantage. And then, of course, no football today or tomorrow. So I'm going with one game. That does it for today's version of Doug Franz Unplugged, presented by Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. Number one, huge thanks to Bobby Mack for coming on. Great subject matter on Walter Davis and on 
the fact that Jonathan Gannon will lose the locker room, in Bobby Mack's opinion, if he doesn't play Kyler Murray, judging by what he's already seen from Kyler Murray in practices. That, that was really good stuff. Also want to thank Bell's Nashville Kitchen, Old Town Scottsdale, Burrito Express, 100 Mile Brewing Company, and Rosati's at Ray and McQueen, the places to go for an official Doug Franz Unplugged Army lunch. And then, if you haven't heard about Parker and Sons heating, cooling, plumbing, and electrical, great savings right now on an air conditioning unit. We've got about one more day left of the 90s. And then the rest of the week, it's crazy, dropping all the way into highs in the 70s. That means there's a lot of air conditioning units at Parker and Sons that they had stored up ready to sell for the summer months that they didn't use. Well, now they discount that price as the weather gets cooler. If your summer was brutal or your air conditioner is really old, this might be a preemptive strike and get yourself a new air conditioner. Call 602-2-REPAIR. That's 602, the number two, then R-E-P-A-I-R for Parker and Sons Heating, Cooling, Plumbing, and Electrical. And never forget, never forget, Whirlwind Golf Club at Wild Horse Pass. The whole reason why Unplugged is able to exist where we are today and to start growing is because of Whirlwind. Thanks a lot to Sweet Lou. I'm in the mood for some wings. So if anybody wants to go get wings at Sibling, I can't go today. But let's do that this week if you if you want to uh, meet me for lunch. I'm in the mood for some wings at Siblick, and hopefully I'll see you out there maybe tomorrow or Thursday and uh, and have a good time. Uh, want to promote Thursday's show. Bobby Dooley, general manager of the Phoenix Rising, to talk about their championship hopes against the Charleston Battery. I love that name, by the way, the Charleston Battery. If you don't know your history of Charleston, it's a learn it and you'll understand why the soccer team is called the Battery. Really a, a cool name. And then also, Saturday, the biggest interview I've ever done in my life on the details that we could get out of this interview and the knowledge that you will have about one of our sports teams to make a better judgment about what is going on. And then excerpts of that interview all week long on Doug Franz Unplugged. And then a special evening edition of Doug Franz Unplugged will come up next week in which CEO Chris will put together the conversation and the interview in its entirety so we can really get to the bottom of things and learn the truth about one of our uh, local teams. I don't want to promote it too much because I want to wait to make sure everything happens okay on Saturday, but I'm really looking forward to this test of my professionalism to be able to pull this off well and get you the information that you deserve because the nation is going to be watching that interview. Uh, I'm, I'm not joking when I say that. The main event is up next. Izzy will be on right after that. Still four more hours of local sports programming right here on WTSMTV.com. I'll see you tomorrow.